excited to welcome you to an episode of Real Talk with Bella because um, as I was just saying, it's always so refreshing to talk to people who um, can have a conversation uh, about, especially about what's happening in our world today. Um, and I'm going to first off lead with the fact that I've known you, Chris, for, my God, my oldest son is 11. Uh, literally, he was 11 months when we met. So we've yep. known each other forever. And um, you've been telling us to be good to people ever since then. So can we, like, I always say, let's start at the beginning, right? Like, let's, this isn't a new concept for you. I know it hasn't. Um, and I think that there's, um, that's where a lot of us are finding ourselves. Like, this is not like a new idea to be civil and to be decent and to be kind. Like, this is not like a new concept for living life. Um, first of all, introduce yourself uh, and tell us, you know, a little bit about you, what you do, and then also go into how you even conceived this idea of be good to people, your brand. All right. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to see you again. <laughs> and, it's been a um, while. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. I can't believe it. We're in our 12th year of Be Good to People. And um, so my name is Chris Wittenberg, and my company is called Be Good to People. And we also have a 501c3 nonprofit called the Be Good to People Foundation. Uh, since day one, we've always given a percentage of our revenues to that foundation. And I can go into that a little bit later. But uh, be good to people. I live out in Colorado, just outside of Vail, Colorado. I used to travel a lot in my former, former career. Um, I have another company called Say No More Promotions, which is a 21-year-old promotional products company. And uh, my husband is running that for me now. Vanessa, when we first met, that was my main, my yeah. day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then and be good to people was always a hobby. It started back in 2008, actually. And if, if you can go back to 2008, let me just give you a reference point. The smartphone, the iPhone had been out not even a year, I think. Yeah. And yeah. social yeah. media was, was really like the college kids were doing it with Facebook, yes. right? And yeah. MySpace, like we, we were not really doing the social media thing. And so <clears throat> I was busy with my promotional co products company and had a baby and a toddler. And uh, I was just out running errands one day in our little mountain town here, which is a pretty friendly place. And I honestly don't even remember what happened to me, but when I came, I was out on errands, and when I came back into my office, my team was in there. It was before everybody was remote. My dog is coughing. And um, <laughs> sorry about that. And I, I just was irritated when I came back in. It, and so I have to believe it was some little, <clears throat> some little thing, because oftentimes the little things are the ones that just stick with us throughout the day, right, and can put us in a bad mood. So, and in generally, I'm in a pretty good mood, but I came back in my office and I literally walked in the door and stood there and said, why can't people just be good to people? How hard is that? I was so upset. And my team just kind of looked at me like, are we supposed to answer this question? We don't know. <laughs> Frozen, deer in headlights. And um, the next thought out of my, in my mind was, I'm going to put Be Good to People on a t-shirt because we do logo merchandise at Say No More Promotions. So I've been putting logos on products forever. It's just the first thing that came to my mind. And I marched back to my desk. I jumped on my computer. And being an entrepreneur, the first thing you do is I went out and to see if BeGoodToPeople.com was available as a URL. And it was. So I really just said, ah, 
I'm going to do this. Spent, you know, jumped full in for like a month, month and a half, uh, planning the company from the beginning. We have, um, I wanted everything to be black and white because it is such a simple concept. So our entire line is black and white. Every single thing we do, the exception is when we do cause marketing, we do have a pink ribbon t-shirt and a pride t-shirt, but I just, I, I jumped in and then we were so busy and say no more promotions was so busy. And then the recession hit in 2008. So I kind of shelved it. My husband was like, we do not have time to start a new company because we worked together. So I kind of shelved it. And then the recession hit and we were getting sued by our homeowners association over the dumbest thing. And I just was like, ah, what is wrong? it is time. So I actually grabbed a blank t-shirt out of our product gallery and I ironed be good to people on a t-shirt in our original font, which um, has a lot of meaning behind it. And I wore this t-shirt and every time I wore the shirt, people would stop me in and compliment and ask. And so that's really when in the spring of 2009 is really when we said, okay, we're going to do it. And we started selling products at the farmer's market here outside of Vail. So that's kind of how it started. And it seems like the concept, obviously, as you said, and we, and we hear it and it's like, it seems like it's so simple, but, <laughs> but we, we are seeing and, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and historically we have proven to ourselves that it isn't that simple. Um, what, what do you say? I mean, it's one thing to obviously believe it, wear it, uh, encourage it in others, but, you know, it's such a difficult conversation to have right now because now people are kind of, you know, unpacking what kindness, kindness actually means. And you're like, yeah, but no, like it, it kindness doesn't like you, you're either kind or you're not like it doesn't, there's no set you know like you you can't like and obviously to the point of the conversation too with racism and the things that we're having right now like it, you can't be kind of racist you're either racist or you're not like it's not like there's no this in between so in your simplicity in the simplicity of your message what is your hope um especially in this moment in time that we're living in right now so that is a great question vanessa and it and it is a timeless concept. And I, I get asked that so often, uh, or people will comment, it's not that simple. Um, I, what I say to that is, it is difficult sometimes. It's really difficult sometimes to be good to people. But you always have a choice on how you can walk in the world and how you can yeah. respond to people. And so um, even though it can be really difficult to do, we always have a choice. I think that if we can meet unkindness with kindness, we can stop the cycle of the unkindness. Because as we've all experienced, because we're all human, right? Yeah. The minute you respond when someone is unkind to you, A, we don't know why they're being unkind. They may be a racist. They may have just lost their job. They may, who yeah. knows, right? Yeah we don't know what's going on in someone else's life. So we don't know where this uh, outward anger comes from. I'm so sorry, let me turn my alerts down. I thought I took care of all of this. Um, so we don't know, we never know what's going on in other people's lives. So what I love about being good to people is when I am wearing it, when I, when I am carrying it, which is you know for me every day, but a lot of people have some be good to people thing with them all the time because it's this yeah. tool to give yourself that um, 
you know, we read about it and we know we're supposed to pause and breathe and, and not react. And that's really hard to do sometimes. So what I love about Begin to People is it gives us that tool to, to, to step back, think about, we don't know what they've been going through, right? Because otherwise in the moment, you can just jump right in it. Um, so that's, you know, stepping aside from the Be Good to People thing, if we can just see the humanness in one another and understand that we just don't know what's going on, there are, right now it's so noisy and so there's so much anger and I think we're making great progress and I think that the lives of these Black people who have lost their lives, been murdered, their lives will not be lost in vain because I think I think people have had it. I think people are waking up, and I do believe that we're that a change is coming. And I'm a white person, so I don't feel like I have any room to say, "Oh, change is happening." But I see, I see. Fun. But see, but you do, but you do because and and here's where I would like to, um, you know, have you know an open discussion about this because. I also believe that there is this uh, belief that because you're white, you can now not be a part of this cause or you may feel um, guilty. Like I, I literally had this conversation with someone this morning, like you can't apologize for being white. Like you cannot apologize for being, you're white. Like, like I was that's born this you, way. Yeah, correct. So, um, you know, and although, you know, there is this, um, very heavy because it's so heavy. It's it's in literally almost every conversation you're having with people lately. I know I've been having um, an overabundance of race conversations in in everything. Right? It, it's like obviously like never we've never seen before. Although I've been working with diversity and inclusion from the moment that I purchased Bella, like that was like the first thing on my agenda. However, um, because again, you know, it's like, and you with Be Good to People, it's a concept that you've been pushing for years. Like you just didn't start doing this two weeks ago because of, uh, you know, the current situation that we're living in. Um, but, you know, what do you do? in 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 a situation that you're in understand because i think here's here's like the the gotcha moment right like you realize that oh you're you but you've been white you're it's not like you're you just realize you're white like you've been white your whole life what do i do with that now with the understanding that i have been afforded um and you know again, there's a, there's a whole thing and debate with the word privilege, right? But advantages, let's say advantages. Oprah addressed it as an advantage. It's a privilege. It's um, a privilege. It's I a don't privilege. have any problem with that word. I, I had this, you know, I had this conversation this morning too about where I live in. I live in a privileged community. We, I don't experience what someone in the Bronx experiences. I just don't. It's, my kids are not exposed to that. So then, what do what do you do with where you are and what you know right now? It is so complicated because it's it, it's you know it is more than race it's it's class it difference it, it's, and it's beyond race correct correct yeah there's actually a great article um and I, I won't try and I could I could send it to you later if you want to put it like in the show notes but there was a great article about um. Uh, a poor, a person who, a poor white person who had grown up poor had always had gotten really irritated at that term white privilege because they felt like 
they didn't have any privilege because they were poor. So her article went on to talk about what white privilege is, and she really came around and explained that it still is white privilege. Um, it was a really great article, and it was very helpful. Um, I think this is what we do, Vanessa. This is what we do. It, 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 there's no other way to do it. So, so you may be in a heated discussion, and I think this is one of the big problems that we have in this country, even before all COVID and Black Lives Matter blowing up the way it has, is that we have been so polarized because it's it's like you can't agree to disagree with someone. You know, you have to be on these extremes, and so we get where we're yelling with each other. And I, no offense. Bella magazine, I love you, but the media in general, you know, like no, and but and, and but and and here's the thing, it it's why we're having these conversations is because at the end of the day, it's one of the things that I have I have a social responsibility as a media company to seek the truth and to give it power and to put that out in a way that is of help and support. Um, however, it isn't. I, I think where I always like how it's like. But we've been doing this, and I and I don't want to get cocky. In I, I've said that multiple times over several interviews over the past few weeks. Like I don't want to get cocky in the sense like, oh, but I've been doing this since I, you know, like no, no, no. You can always do more, and I am aware of that. But even just today, someone tried to say to me, because um, you know, I and I was so grateful you shared the article that I where I was just breaking down the concepts of racism, white privilege, and and bias. But I did that because. As a former teacher, I understand that we don't know what we don't know. And if we don't understand what the concepts are or why they're being called what they're called and why there is so such discomfort with, you know, you being told that you have white privilege or that you, whatever, like, if you don't understand where it's coming from, you will never be able to fully grasp, right, the big picture of the entire um, situation that we're living in, and it's undeniable. Like you, you, you are in it. We are all in it. This is not something that we're gonna wake up tomorrow and it's gonna be gone. It's here, and it's here to stay for because it needs to be resolved, right? This is like that. Um, I remember watching uh, an episode of Oprah with energy. It's like energy will in situations. It's like karma, right? What is unresolved will always continue to creep its head until it gets resolved. And here we are in a historical moment where everyone, not just America, the entire world is paying attention to this because it's been going on for way too long. And when you have um, these ahas, like I'm married to a white man, and my white, very white husband, who I don't believe is racist, had a moment last week where he said, I get it. I understand where system, he's like, I never really understood systematic racism or what people were all in, up in arms about. I understand it now. And so therefore, what can I do to fix it? What can I do? And I said to him, you know what you do? Make sure that when the summer starts and you have summer and you take on a black boy that wants to be an engineer and take him under your wing and you teach him everything you know you can start right there you can start and it doesn't it you you do it for other kids make sure that you do it for a black kid that's what i said to him and that's a step in this in the right direction but and I think, action i think too this is the first time we're actually seeing you know so many different people from different you know ages races religions, backgrounds that are all stepping forward and talking about it and saying something and having these conversations. And that's why it's so important. And that's why I think 
we are seeing this change. So it's important to, you know, be an ally and say, you know what, I don't know firsthand, but, but I, I stand with you and I want to talk about it and move, you know, the conversation forward. And that's something that we've been doing too. It's not just, you know, we're going to say that we're for it. We're putting out resources and we're having these conversations and we're talking to people. And I think that's, you know, you're not going to have change without that. So it does take everybody. And it, it also does. takes time. It does. And time. It, yeah, yeah, of course. And so I want to bring up something that's really interesting. And I think this is a great environment in which to do it because I feel safe talking about this. I think we had to get to our knees, right? We had, and so by saying that their lives were not in vain, their deaths were not in vain, clearly it took something as dramatic as that knee on George Floyd and, and white people being able to see, oh my gosh. So this has occurred. We are getting enlightened. We are waking up. We are being forced to, and when I say forced, I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, it's a good thing that we're getting yeah. forced because we cannot deny it, right? So Correct. where I see a lot of um, unkind behavior happening, and I don't know what the answer is, is I think we'll all agree, a lot of white people are really making efforts. There are the white people that are sharing posts and checking that box, right? And they're not taking action. And then there are people in the black community who are shaming white people for they are not standing up the right way because they are, I mean, I, I've, seen, I've seen some artists get upset because people are making um, posters or memes uh, supporting Black Lives Matter and, and posting it. And I've seen them get chewed out because they're just posting. What I would encourage people to do is, um, it's frustrating as someone who, I mean, I've been working, we've had diversity at Be Good to People forever. I mean, not only for around color, but we have sizes up to six, X yeah. um, from newborn to six X. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because the, and, and, and it's something that we've made a very aware and conscious decision and how we're carrying this conversation. Cause it's not, again, it's not just about race. There's been injustices about, and, you know, and being in the industry that I'm in lifestyle, beauty, fashion, uh, I, you know, it was refreshing when I put my first, the first issue that went out under my, um, you know, direction was like, wow, this is the first time we've ever featured a plus size model in a fashion section. And we actually took it upon ourselves. And I said, and I, and I said to Jen, I'm like, can you believe that there has never been an Asian beauty spread? Like, what is that about? So I made it a point to include it because it's, it was like shocking to me. But to your point, you know, you have the people who have been doing it forever, who know that, um, it's kind of like, it, it's in your DNA. It's just, you, you, you don't even think about it because that's just how you experience the world. But yet then you have this other group of people who are back to the point of what you said, you know, shaming white people for not standing up in the right way. What is the right way? Like, what is the right way? And my fear, <laughs> here's where my fear comes in is I see a lot of white people who are really making effort and there are probably a lot of white people who are doing it for show. But I really feel from my heart that I, because I've seen it in some of my friends that I never would have thought would even open their ears and eyes, yeah. and they are. And I'm like, mm -hmm. thank you, God, because that's that's what we need, right? Listen, my, hus people 
I thought my husband got it being married to a Latino. I thought he got it. He didn't. He didn't get it until it was like in his face until he couldn't know any longer like look away ignore and acknowledge it. Right. it. He couldn't ignore it anymore. I didn't get it, Vanessa. I didn't get it. I feel like I'm a fairly enlightened person. I have lots <laughs> of friends of color. I didn't get it until this happened and I was forced to again, in a, in a good way for us, I was um, driven to, I've watched 13th, we just watched The Hate You Give. My husband and I were tears streaming down our face on Sunday and our kids were looking at us and we had our younger kids watching both of those films, which are pretty graphic yeah. because they need to know that we live in this little sheltered little valley in Colorado this is not the world. This is not representative of the world. And so I'm, and I have read so much and I'm continuing to read and we're figuring out our donation platform to support black businesses. It's all a lot of work to get yeah. things shifted around in the marketing pieces and like making it all look good. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to pivot really quickly, but I am so grateful to be, uh, to, to be, to to have this happen. I have, I have those lists. We're watching a movie every Friday. We call our Friday night. We used to watch a show as a family. We now call it Black Friday because we are going down the list of documentaries <laughs> and the kids, they love it. And it's so, um, but I get upset because here's my fear. When I see, and I, again, as a white person, I cannot understand the, the centuries of rage, right? I can't, it's impossible for me to understand it. I am getting a better understanding as I learn. But when I see um, people, white people being shamed who may not say something exactly right or they're um, making some mistakes, because, but they're trying, but they're making mistakes and they're trying and I see them get shamed. And or when I see this rage of, you know, uh, whether it's, we hate all, you know, all police officers are bad, all white people are bad. That's no better than saying no. all black people are bad. Correct. And, and Correct. I hate it because I want to, I want to just have people say, and what I say is like, but how about the in-between people like me that have black and white, because I am both, you're like, hey, <laughs> I'm here too, We're but people, I literally right? had I, someone tell me like I wasn't black enough to understand, and I'm like, what? What? Did what you, is what? that? So, so and what? at the end of the day, speaking <laughs> up, speaking out, period, is helping. So, yes. like you said, maybe you don't do it perfectly, and maybe it's the first time you are doing it, but you're realizing, you know what? It's time. I need to use my voice. Let them do it. Like that's what this is about. Everyone should be talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no one should feel bad or scared for that matter to say certain things because these can be uncomfortable conversations, but isn't that the point is beginning it and discussing it? Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and honestly, nobody, I think my, my, and I, and I've said this a few times over the past few weeks is that, you know, in that effort of speaking out and messing up, cause we do like, I, this is this is humanity like this is part of being a person is you're gonna fuck up and you're allowed to curse on this podcast chris if you didn't know um but you're going to make a mistake and then i i just sit here and sit back and i said and i would wonder if if you wouldn't want the courtesy afforded to you if you made a mistake 
to just say, you know what? make a, apologize for it make amends fix it and then try to do better because at the end of the day it isn't like the old age old say maya angelo and oprah says is you know when you know better you do better it's like that's all you can do as a human being and um that leads me to this this question which i'm gonna ask you because I, I i can and you're you're one of the few white people that i could get on camera to say this stuff <laughs> what this what is this um you know the the need or how do you feel about this whole the white apology right um which is kind of looming also over a lot of you know people that again it's we touched on it a little bit in the beginning but it's it's so disconcerting when you are expecting of the other person or of the other race to to literally um i guess what you've received like you you are wanting to put that person or that race or that you know nationality whatever through you know and that's impossible you cannot equate 400 plus years of oppression to 2020 when what we're all trying to do is get on with our lives um do better fix the problem because i genuinely think that we all want to fix the problem i mean it's every second i see one company after the other this morning i heard aunt jemima was renaming aunt jemima Sarah, and i'm like no don't why what's happening <laughs> no no like, same. like what is that about what, you know what i'm saying like what what is with this i think that it is um i think it's a great question i i feel like we have to give people some grace we have to give each other some grace and we have to we can't change the past we can show that we're moving forward we have it's all it's it's this again it's this it's saying it kindly it's understanding people's hearts and intention and here's here's a 100 percent fact if we continue to scream and yell we're not going to get anywhere because we are going to polarize the other side and we're going to be more divisive. So we have to be able to speak with kindness. We have to be, we can say hard, we can have hard conversations and we can agree to disagree. And um, I think, I don't know, I, I, I might not be answering your direct question. What, Tommy? No, it's just, I feel like you're putting not you specifically, but I think that the whole situation is setting white people up for like a gotcha moment is, is, is sort of what I am um, sensing. And in a way, what I know to be true, just because I see it in my colleagues, I see it in my friends who are genuinely trying to do something like they're, they're genuinely trying and they're trying to understand and they're trying to, um, speak up stand in solidarity but then there is this fear of like persecution right that now Absolutely. if you're not to the point of not you know saying the right thing or using the right thing or you know or you know using the hashtag it's like all what i'm seeing is ge genuinely people are trying that's that's what i'm seeing um i've made it a point to on a personal level you know pay obviously i have to listen i'm i'm in the media world i have to pay attention i have to you know stay on top of 
what is happening in the world because that directly affects you know the content that we push out and we publish and i'm trying to be very aware and you know um and not asleep of what truly and but 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 then i'll sit back and i said but this is just how i've op how i've operated personally and how i decided to move this publication forward from the get-go from the moment that um i took on uh you know my first issue like this is how it's going to go now it's been way too white for way too long like that's literally the first meeting when i had this has been way too white for way too long there is such a huge diverse universe out there and there are so many amazing people of all different shapes sizes races that are doing so amazing things i want a little bit of everything because that is my responsibility to showcase what a reflection of what the world actually looks like but at the same time you know i just like one of my um facebook friends posted last week it's like you you the the definition of um of I, I think she was like delusion was you're having a group of people being held accountable for something that they didn't do you know over and that's the truth you know and it, but it is like i can't expect you chris to be responsible for what happened 450 years ago however what i can ask of you is to just use your voice to be supportive and um to maybe instead of um you know continuing to associate with the same group of people or in that same bubble that you live in listen i'm guilty of it too and i'm a person of color i live in a bubble i live in a i live in the one of the whitest neighborhoods ever i moved here for the schools like that's because that's what we were seeking out was just better education for our children but i'll sit here and question you know is this the type of world that i want my children to grow up in this bubble is not reality like this is not the real world and i expose them purposely to other things so that they realize how fortunate they are because not everybody has it like they do you know like and that's but that's what i can do in my own little space of this world does that make i mean that that's where i i find like that this tug right is that you know people want to be allies they want to be advocates but then when i do say something it's wrong <laughs> or it's not the right way or i'm not using the right hashtag or i'm not using the right image like well, and even, what do yeah, i do we've we've gotten you know as a as a company backlash yeah. i think i think from both sides you know yeah, sure. and i guess you have to expect that as media but and we you know vanessa said like we're going to talk about it whatever happens afterwards fine well but we're going to talk is, about it and the thing is you know someone commented uh, privately to me um to our, our bella page like stop we were promoting our uh and i don't necessarily know if it was stop about that specific podcast and i can't say because i'm not going it's like allegedly stop about but my response was what was stop stop racism a hundred percent like i don't stand for racism like if that's what you're telling me to stop sure like i'm all on board but if it's to stop having these conversations uh girl bye like bring it like i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> like no and you know jen laughs because here's the thing this is how it's always been for us so i'm sitting here you know trying to um just be also assertive from you know my sense point as a company but i'm sitting here like 
but we've been we've we've been doing this. We've we've been doing this. We've been talking about this. We've been uh, vocal about this. I don't stand for any type of discrimination. Period. I don't stand for injustices. I don't stand for unkindness. Um, my team knows that. And when it happens, I literally am the first one to stop it. And it tracks like, what is that about? Like, hell no. Like, you treat everybody with courtesy and respect, or nobody. Even with celebrities, when we because we work with divas, we do. Like, we have. <laughs> It, it's the nature of this beast, right? And yeah. I will bring them down to like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people. So like this, like, let's take a reality check here. And this is what it is, you know? Um, but we're having these really sucky conversations and it's gonna, all I can say is like, yeah, it's gonna suck for a while. It's gonna suck for a while and until it doesn't anymore, because that's when we know that we have, to some degree, like made progress or things have genuinely changed. I think, I think we could like have a, an, an entirely separate episode talking about as business owners yeah. dealing with the people, right? Yeah. <laughs> because we're, we're be good to people and you can't imagine some of the comments that we get DMs. Sure. It, it's it's <laughs> unbelievable. And it's, it, there's a lot of, um, some of my girlfriends who have, you know, big influencer billions of followers, every single one of them will say, just don't engage, just don't engage. Vanessa, I think you and I are very similar. And then I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm going to engage because you're not going to get away with making a statement like that. So or you're not going to accuse because at the end of the day, my business is a reflection of my, of me. And, and right. for me, for me to think otherwise, I'm, I'm, what am I on? Right? Like what I'm, 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 I'm definitely not in this world. If I think that it's not a reflection of who I am. Right. And if anything, you know, one of the most beautiful aspects of the industry that I know I am in is this array of diversity. So many people bring so many different things to the table. Um, you know, I have members of the LGBTQ community. We have conversations that we had never considered or done before. We're liter literally, um, you know, planning this entire fashion spread based on pride colors, which has never been done. And for the first time last year, we covered a drag event, which had never been done in the company. And I was so excited. And I said, next year, we're having our own drag event because <laughs> I am fascinated by the culture. I love it. And it's, it's not because- um, it it because one of the things that I love about the LGBTQ community is I think, and, and honestly, now that we're on that topic is how many lessons we can actually learn from them because they're accepting period of no, of, it doesn't matter who you are, what color, what size, your gender, who you believe to be and who you were born in. Like people just accept you for who you are, period. Love, and it's love such, love. and it is such a beautiful, um, concept right and it's like yep. can we take notes from the lgbtq community can we like follow suit because i am enamored by just how great i mean i have never met anyone from the lgbtq that isn't just gracious loving hungry for like like that's just how i think we all should be period regardless of your sexual preference like it has nothing to do with the acceptance that exists in that community and it's so beautiful so can, I call, can I call you on something really quickly because sure. I'm always going to shoot it straight? Sure. So I hate all or nothing statements. So mm -hmm. what you just said, 
I would just give a suggestion on like, because I've met, I've met some people in the community who are, you know, there are, there are bad apples in every Everywhere, single Everywhere, 100%. So, yeah. so I would just like back you up a little bit to say overall general, yes. But I, I'm, I'm trying to catch people when they say everyone is, everyone in this community is this and everyone in this community is this because so even I'll in rephrase LBGT, it and say the people I've met. In the general, people, yes, oh, yes, in general. The people that I have met, the people that I have associated with, the people that I even do business with have been nothing but lovely, supportive. I've never been um, combated. How, and I'm speaking specifically to the LGBTQ community. However, from a beauty and fashion standpoint, it has always been a different conversation. Like if we're going to go there, you know, like if, 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 if it's been about features, you know, in the, if who wasn't thin enough, who wasn't, um, yeah. you know, whatever enough. And, it, and you would sit there and I'm like, at the end of the day, which is, you know, Jen will probably laugh. I'm like, I got curves. I have no intention of, you know, falsifying this depiction of fashion that is not unattainable because I am a chunky, you know, 41, 42 year old mama of two that has, uh, well, but my point is I can't promote something that I can't aspire to be myself. And that is, and it's not because this publication is self-serving, it's because it needs to be real, it needs to be authentic. And it comes from that place of, I can't be telling a 16 year old girl to starve herself, right? Um, to attain this perception of what the world, uh, of what beauty is like, when we all know that that's not the case. That that's not true. Because I know- Agreed. If and we- can I- can I throw something in that's that's kind of around this topic and it came to mind because um, what I love um, and, and us getting reconnected, by the way, I'm super excited to like dig in and collaborate beyond. Whatever, this, uh, 100%. Yeah. Because that's one thing, I mean, Be Good to People is as authentic. It, it's never been about money for us it, ever because I made way more money before I started this company, let me just tell you. Yeah. It has never been about money. It is so authentic, in fact, that, and this kind of wraps around the whole conversation, we recently had um, a connection with a group of influencers who had a lot of followers, and we were really excited about it. And then one of them who had over 4 million followers, uh, posted about us in his story and I was really excited and he's in the beauty industry and I was really excited. And then I went, because I always go and check the feeds and the accounts of people who we are collaborating with. And we were sort of introduced to this as a package deal, this, this gentleman as a package deal. When I went in his feed, he, he's in the beauty industry and one of, there were, this is what I don't like he had a video and he was, um, it was a comedy, like he was doing like a parody thing and he was like, bitch please, I saw that fat bitch, blah, blah, blah. It was humor, right? I did not share his four million followers story in our story because the, the, it was one of the first things in his feed and he was calling someone a fat bitch. I don't care if you're doing that to be funny. I know there's the entertainment value this is a huge problem in our society right now. 100%. I don't like women calling each other bitches. I don't like black people calling each other with the N word. 
I, I don't like being told by black people who have, that, that white people can't sing lyrics to a song that have the N word in it. And it's, it's their word and they can't use it. No one should be using the word in my opinion. Yeah. And then I get told I'm a white person. So I don't get to say who can say the N word or not, but I don't think anyone should say it. Cause I think it's mean. Yeah. I don't like mean language. I don't like, you know, ho bitch. It's it, 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 even, even the F bomb, but that doesn't really, I'm so sorry that that phone is ringing. And, and, and I feel like I'm in a total losing battle in that space because it seems pop culture and lyrics. I see all these young people and young women calling each other bitches and like our ambassadors that we have, if I, if they use that in their feeds, they're out. Cause I don't like it. And I don't think it helps us as women and same with the N word. And then I get told you have no right to make a judgment on the N word being used or not. And, and I am for not using it at all. And I don't understand. And, and it's, I don't understand it. Yeah. Point. Once you decide to put that obligation on as um, a brand ambassador or an influencer, and you have such a high audience of people that are watching you, young eyes, you know, tons of different races, ages, backgrounds, that's your now, that's your responsibility to, to clean it up and be a role model. Like people are watching you. So whether it was, you know, funny or whatever, I guess he was trying to do, like, remember that you're a brand ambassador, you're a role model to people. That's not the kind of message you need to be putting out there anymore. And that's where I, you know, I think that that's where, not even just with the, with the issue of race, um, is, you know, you've, you've been propelled to this level of influence for a reason. People obviously aspire to um, either dress like you, do their makeup like you, do their hair like you, eat like you, live like you. There is some level of aspirational value or connection there to, uh, to you. Um, it takes me, it always reminds me of a conversation that I had with one of my um, supervisors when I started teaching that, um, and it was kind of like one of those coming to Jesus moments when I was still in that immature state of, yeah, but I'm still young and I'm going to go out and hang out with my friends. But then when I come up, when I come to school from seven to three, I'll be, you know, all holy roly, but then I can go and do whatever, you know, whatever I want because I'm an adult. Um, and it wasn't until I actually saw one of my students out at a bar one night that I actually understood it. Uh, he was 16. I, I taught high school. I was 21, 22, and I was a kid still. Uh, but I, it was three o'clock in the morning, and I'm seeing my, my high school student practically like falling on the floor drunk. Um, and in my head, I'm like, where are these kids' parents? That was like my first question, because I knew he shouldn't have been there, and I knew he was drunk, and he was walking home. He was walking home. And as he, but he was like lucid enough to know who I was. And he was like, oh, teacher, teacher, please don't tell my parents. I'm like, please don't tell your parents. Like, let me, where, like, let me get you home. First of all, get in the car. Exactly. Like, why are you out this late? Why are you drunk? Like, you're a child. Like, you shouldn't be drinking. And his whole thing was like, please don't tell my parents. Please don't tell my parents. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I'm going to get in so much trouble. And I said, listen, what you do 
on a Friday night after school is none of my business. However, if you do encounter me on the street, guess what? I put my teacher hat on because I now have a responsibility to keep you safe. Like that's what, like where my head immediately went. On Monday when he met me at school, he, you know, he, it was one of those, he didn't want to even look me in the eye because <laughs> he, he, he was like, now you know all my dark secrets. And I'm like, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, so now I expect you to get all A's now, like, and do your homework when you're supposed to. But you owe me. <laughs> I, exactly. But I didn't understand what it meant to be a role model or to be an adult, to be a grown up until that moment. Because in that moment, I could have said, not my, not my, you know, I'm not in school, not my responsibility, but I had a connection to this kid and I couldn't just let him walk shit face drunk home. Like I couldn't allow that to happen. So it, it, it really, to your point of influence and to the point, uh, to the responsibility that we all have, whether we have three followers or 700 million, you, People are always, you don't know who you are influencing. You don't know. Because I get private messages all the time about people that I've encountered years ago from seeing me speak at a conference from, literally, I got a message yesterday. I was going to send it to you, um, Jen, because I get these messages and I'm literally like brought to my knees in tears because little did I know that whatever I said to this person five years ago would have an effect on her today. And that's, truly powerful it's truly powerful and it's humbling but but then again think about the people who have affected you in your life throughout that you maybe just heard a quote or a word or you saw something or you saw how they reacted to a situation and from that moment on you decided to make better choices or just decided to be kinder decided to be nicer or um and that's honestly just where i hope we can all <laughs> kind of be, you know, hopefully sooner than later, because this is really, really upsetting. Um, you know, when you turn on the news every single day, and even when you click, you know, open up your phone, and you're on your social feeds, like, it is so negative, it's so gut-wrenching, and it's also so, um, I, I, for, for lack of a better term, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, because even when you're going into new conversations with new, with people, you're, it, you know that, like, this is, the looming theme over kind of like, you know, hovering over everyone. Well, let me, let me just give like a shameless plug for be good to people because, <laughs> sure. you know, again, this could be a whole other topic, but in my life before I started be good to people, I have always, I, I have struggled with mental illness, depression, my entire life, like on a serious level. And I know Vanessa, yeah, I think we have shared that. Um, it is a struggle for me. I have, I have been a reactive, um, anger management. Like I, I have, uh, I'm short tempered. I'm impatient. That's sort of how I'm wired. I'm a go, go, go person. And be good to people has absolutely changed my life. And yes, I wear it every day because it's, it's my brand, but we do, we have a lot of customers who, who wear it as a uniform almost. One of the most beautiful things about this brand is that it actually creates behavioral change. My behavior as a human being has changed because I have this reminder, whether it is a water bottle, it goes as far as the sticker on my car. Yeah. I have been a road rage driver. <laughs> my whole, you know, I want to get places fast and everyone's pissing me off and I'm like, get out of my way, you're so rude. 
I I drive better because I know that I cannot cut someone off with that sticker on my car. And it's not, you know, we hear this from our customers as well. So what I love is, and I find fascinating, just having this little message. And if someone doesn't have the money to buy a Be Good to People product, even just having it on a post-it note, there is something really powerful, powerful about the, the word statement, yeah. The statement. And it's my insurance policy. So I when I go into the world, I I wear it out in the world because if I don't wear my Be Good to People shirt, and that's the most obvious thing. I know that I must be on my best behavior all the time. And there, I will tell you, there are a couple times that I've traveled where I have on purpose not worn it because I'm like, I just don't feel like it today. <laughs> it's super rare. Um, it's super rare. It's almost like this this treat I give myself under every once in a while, but now as the brand has grown. I, I have my, my Be Good To People sweatshirt and I think it has holes because I've worn, I've worn it, I've had it for years and I think I need some, need some new gear for sure. But I can understand what you're saying because it, it's like you're tricking your mind um, to just subconsciously just behave in that way. So I understand that it's why we wear mantras, right? Like we have mantras, we have them on bracelets, we have them up on walls, we'll say them, we'll repeat them to ourselves because we know that it's been proven that repeating, seeing, visualizing a specific message can actually change your behavior. And what better way to change your behavior than to just encouraging you to be kind and good? Like what, what, you know, what better way to do that? <laughs> and because it is such a simple statement. Yeah. People will call you on it if you're not living yeah. it and you're held accountable. Yeah. It, you're held accountable. And I, I need that because I am a yeah. human being. And that's what I always yeah. say. People are always like, um, there have been, you know, occasions like on my personal social media where I'll like make a statement or call someone out and, you know, one of my high school friends will be like, well, that's not being very good to people. And I'm like, guess what? I am so far from even remotely close to perfect. And, oh my God. and, and I think the most important thing is being able to own your mistakes. Right. Yeah. And that drives me nuts when people will not own something. Cause I'm like, well, and, and, and that's, I think, where people um, are finding themselves in this current, you know, situation that we're all living in right now is that, you know, the mistakes that have been made over the years, not, not by you directly, but, you know, I've had racist behavior in my own family and I can, I can call my family member out. I like, I can acknowledge that to be true because it has happened. And for me to deny it or fake it is the, you know, being part of the problem, you know, like I remember, um, just having, you know, a friend, uh, and he was a guy that happened to be black or blacker than I was and, you know, bringing him home and, you know, someone in my family commented, well, you know, that that's a friendship. Right. And I, and I remember being like, what is that about? Um, but, and it just so happened that he was gay. So then that kind of like absolved him from, you know, any more like punishment from like that one uh, friend or family member in the, at, the, at the time. But it was just like, what is, what is that about? Um, but I can, I can just sit here and retrace just steps, you know, where I just chose differently. And I was also taught differently, which is, um, you know, I was just, 
you look into my own family history and they're, they're, we always make jokes like it's the United Nations. I know Ilse mentioned that in one of our meetings uh, the other day, but it's the truth. Like I have cousins that look nothing like me. my children look nothing like me. Like that's genetics. And, you know, we have to be a little bit, I guess, more educated to understand that genetics kind of work that way. <laughs> you don't necessarily get like way beyond my wheelhouse while you're, uh, while I'm you're really looking at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's, I, I'm saying that just because I've been stopped, um, to prove like my children's identity when I've been walking with them, if like they're mine, because I don't look like them. And that was, a, yeah, at the airport, I had to like, oh, walk around with their birth certificate to prove that they were mine um, so that I could travel with them. And that was really, and my husband never understood it until he actually traveled with me one time. And he was like, oh, she's the wife. Oh, she's the mom. And I literally, I'm like, yeah, you see it? <laughs> it's there. We're married. These are our children, you know? Um, but it happens. Um, and you just kind of learn to um, move through the world with those uncomfortable situations. But to the point of what we're living in now, it's just owning up to your point, owning up to, like, owning up to, I guess, to the lack of acknowledgement that the problem, problem existed, right? Because I think that that's where a lot of the frustration is coming from. Um, you know, acknowledge that the problem existed in the first place. It's been here. Um, you were probably just not woke enough. And it's here. And what do you do now? How do you choose to move forward now? Well, and I, I said this before, like, I, I have been so grateful for the education because as I learn about the systemic, I never know if it's systematic or systemic, and I think people use both. So mm -hmm. whatever the right word is, the, the deep, deep, how our whole, all of our systems were set up is fascinating to me. And to have been so naive about it, I forgive myself for being naive about it because yeah. we didn't it in school we did you know we had like one week on black history uh maybe one week on civil rights movements it was all whitewashed over right in our education system so i think that's really where a lot of our work needs to go and it also is what gives me hope is because i look at my kids i have a 15 year old daughter she's a freshman just finished her freshman year and a 12 year old son and we talk about it all the time yeah because you know we're always talking about we're not we don't sugarcoat anything in our house we're straight shooters. And I see hope in young people, just like I look at my parents and how they grew up and, oh my word, my dad, yeah. I love him, but holy moly. Yeah. He's just going to have his journey. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a man's almost 80 years old. I'm not going to change him. And he's a really yeah. good man, but there's some stuff yeah. that he says that I'm like, oh my gosh. Listen, it, it, but, but, and that's, and that's the thing it's you cannot you cannot hold people to a standard when you've been exposed to um you know so many different things in your world in your life uh because education has afforded it to you because you've read more because you've watched more books or you've been able to travel and acknowledge that there is a world outside of your own but it's like when i go back to iowa where my husband is from it is a completely different story and I cannot hold those people to the same standard that I hold my people who grew up in New York like it's just not and you have to have to your point of having grace before you have to have grace with other people to know that they don't know better because they that's, this is, they they don't know better 
They just don't know any more than this. And you cannot hold those people, um, you know, at fault for that. Like, it's just not, a, that's not cool either. So um, what is your hope? You can bring it to their awareness. Uh, awareness, I up, yeah. I grew up in Kansas, and I just did yeah. an Instagram. You can see it in our Instagram feed. I did this 38 We're clearly not in Kansas anymore, Chris. Right. <laughs> Go to New York. But that's, I think people fear what they don't understand, and people also, um, we need to sit down and talk to each other and be interested in one another because as soon as you start to hang out with people who are different than you, and yes, in New York, you guys have this amazing gift in that, there's color and different yeah, voices and there's so much there's so much of it that it is insanity to even and and i know like when i i feel like a like um like a school teacher when my in-laws come and visit because they they're exposed and they're like oh my and you know and and i hear my mother-in-law's reactions like oh my god i didn't know and i didn't see this and can you believe and i'm like yeah you're here on Pride Month. This is what happens. This is how it kind of goes, you know. But it I be can't. Thing, like Midwesterners yeah. should be required to go live in New York for a summer and see the festivals and 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 the culture yeah. because yeah. it's it's colorful and it's beautiful. And listen, I love that I grew up in the Midwest and I had a you know there was a lot of love there. But I would, I am we are already making sure that our kids get to see different parts of the world. Because and that's, and that's the thing, you know, I grew up, I grew up partially in um, the Dominican Republic, but I also lived in Ohio for five years. And my experience in Ohio was not the kindest. It just wasn't. Um, and I was really, really happy when I moved back to the DR because I could go back and kind of like be around people who look like me, who acted like me. And it wasn't like a situation. Right. Um, but it was, um, again, it was, it was a, it was kind of like the school of hard knocks, right? Those five years prepared me to not be, to not propagate that behavior, to not be mean or lacked inclusion in anything that I did to see people for who they were and not, you know, and, but that, and that's it. And I, but my experience was not the same as, you know, one of my classmates that lived sheltered in her, you know, home and her very, very privileged household um, for whatever other reason. So I think that if we meet people where they are, that's like a marketing 101 uh, uh, lesson, actually, you have to meet people where they are um, and really just take that into account and like lead from there, you know, like have the conversation from there and understand that, you know, some people just no, don't necessarily own their behavior because they don't want to. It's just because they, they just don't know. They just and don't ask know. Them, ask them what their story is. That's one yeah. thing. And sorry, I don't know where we are on time. I'll, are we okay? Yeah, or, like, yeah, a few minutes left. We're good. Okay. I um, if I if I could give um maybe one little recommendation or piece of advice um that I've learned from my experience in life is um ask people their story. Ask people. Um, I, I can give a great example of. Um, someone I'm very close to in my life who happens to be a major uh, fan of our current administration, mm -hmm. um, which I, we do not see eye to eye on that at all. And in fact, it's really frustrating for me because I'm very close to this person and this person wears my brand. Well, yeah. And I'm like, how, how, I don't, yeah. I, there's a disconnect. <clears throat> but when I ask questions about well, what, what makes you, what, what do you like about him? What do you like about his administration? 
And when I listen, what I understand is he's operating in fear. And so, and I think that's, I think fear causes so much bad behavior, right? Yep. And yep. we fear what we do not know or what we do not understand. And so the more we can ask questions, especially with someone who is different than us uh, in conversation or how they look and get to know them, we may not agree with them, but we might have a little bit better understanding why they came to that place where they are. And that can give us a little bit of compassion and see that humanness so that there's not a hate, but there's a, you know what? God bless. I'm not going to probably spend a whole lot more conversations with you, but you know, I wish you yeah. the best. And you know, yeah. as long as no heart, like no physical danger is being done or something like that, we're not going to yeah. get along with everybody. And, um, I am hopeful because, oh, right. I never finished answering that. I am hopeful because our young people are, they don't get why we're all so upset. They're like, what they're, you know, whether it's and LBGTQ. The, and the ones who do, and I'm just saying this from, you know, the beautiful conversation that we just had with um, Jacob Ali a few uh, days ago, last week, actually, 21-year-old um, kid that i mean obviously the grandson of muhammad ali i was just sitting there and like just listening to him speak about policy changes about laws about operating from a place of love i was like oh my god i wish this kid was my you know like it was like oh my god and of course again you know he was he's brought into this family he has this legacy legacy that he carries with him however the the you you don't just make that up right like the those convictions um have have to be instilled in you and um you you speak from a place of the things that you believe in and it was just so refreshing to hear um you know a young voice like you're saying who really like my kids they're like huh <laughs> my kids are like what that people what like you know because i what's the it's, issue it's, it's a it's a really delicate balance because at the same time like you don't for kids you don't want to bring up issues that aren't issues for them like i'm not going to ever uh you know but you obviously have to have conversations with them um but there's just like they don't they don't understand they're like I, they don't understand why a person wasn't accepted into school because of x y like they don't get that they're like you know were they a bad student like the questions are like was he a bad student did he didn't did he, did he do his homework well then he shouldn't but like it, it's never been a color thing right because they don't know any of that but um i agree i think that our our young um our youngins our young ones are um you know in i'm i'm pray i'm i'm hopeful too that they will carry you know all of us until you know until something better because otherwise then we're really in for it chris <laughs> my prayer i always i tell people this my my hope and prayer is that we at one point don't need to have a company called be good to people because we just are we don't need to be reminded it's just how we behave and yeah uh all we can do is work on it and we can yeah. all be part. And I'm so grateful to have this conversation. And I will come back. Thank have you. <laughs> no, and thank you. Thank you for, you know, for having the courage to have it. Um, uh, you know, I think that 
uh, it's just all the more necessary now more than ever, obviously, just to step up and speak and, and, and continue to, um, to communicate from what I, I know we all operate out of is love and just kindness and wanting to um, just continue to be of help and support for each other. Um, so to continuing to be good to people, right? Because that's what we continue.